Welcome to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So, stay with Welcome to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So, stay with us, as right now, we present... And welcome everybody to the show today. I am so excited. I kind of got to tell you how excited I am. I'm so excited. So I, I'll just tell you that. And we have a wonderful guest. Uh, her name is uh, June Edward. And I don't think she's any relation, but she does the same kind of work as that other guy named Edward. Uh, that would be John Edward. And she's a psychic medium and she's also a speaker and she's a housewife and a mother and and she does all kinds of things and she's with us for the entire hour i'm so glad you're here how are you june i'm fantastic kevin thank you for having me how are you doing today i'm awesome thank you it's been a busy day i've got lots going on and and as you know it's christmas time and you're supposed to be winding down. I don't know about Relax. that. It is the season. <laughs> it is the season. And you're so busy. You're like doing four podcasts a day. And so you're you're doing the best you can to, to get the word out about what you do, which is important. And thank you for it. Oh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. People like you that help me get the word out. Exactly. Well, you know, it's important that people find out who you are and what you do and how you can be helpful to them so that they can give you a call and talk about um, the things that in their life that may be affecting them, such as saving relationships. One person at a time, you are a teacher, you're a best-selling author. You have written more books. I tried to count them up. I don't think I got the right number. How many books have you written in total? Four. I've only done, I've done four books. Well, four is 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 plenty because they're all really, really important books. And uh, the book behind you, what is, which, which one is that one? That is my latest bestseller, All's Fair in Love and Karma. And that teaches people, well, identifies for them what their five soul lessons are, why they're here. What's the why behind the relationship? Why are you with the person you're with? Why did you get into this? Why are you doing it over and over again? Why can't you seem to keep money in your pocket? All of those questions. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like a lot of us seem to date the same person in a different suit. True. Um, sometimes we're dating our mother. Sometimes we're dating our father. Sometimes we're dating. Exactly. And your friends will notice it first. She says, just like your ex-wife. No. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually had that. I had friends say to me, she she acts like just like your mom did. did. And it's like, oh yeah, well, I'm she didn't she didn't the sad the weird thing is she didn't start out that way. She started out as a very nice young pretty woman and and then as she got older, she got... Uh, well, you wow. just didn't see it. You had those little rosy-colored glasses on. <laughs> Apparently so. <laughs> and, and I think that we all do that. And the question, the first question I have for you is, do you think 
that before we even got, I, my personal belief is that before we even got here, we made decisions about what we were going to be doing in this life and who we were going to interact with and how it was going to be. And, and So what I have learned is it's quite the process and we plan everything in our life before we come here, who, who we're going to marry, who we're going to date, who we're going to interact with, who we're going to help. And all's fair in love and karma. We owe karma to back to people from previous lifetimes that we didn't make amends to. Thus, we are also collecting karma from people that wronged us in a previous lifetime and didn't make amends. And again, it's all, you know, we come back here for certain reasons. We come back here for a mini vacation because when you're on the other side for a few hundred years, you don't have a body. You can't smell. You can't taste. You can't have sex. You can't do any of those things. So it's a little, little mini vacation to come here and enjoy all those things in your body. You also come back here to collect that karma, to pay back the karma, and to help each other learn those lessons. Because those are you have to learn those lessons for your soul to advance on the other side. You know, I'm a little older now, and I can recall instances and people in my life who have come and gone, but they left a very important piece behind. One of which was uh, the gentleman that got me interested in doing media and doing radio. I haven't talked to him in 20 years, but he came and he suggested it. We did it. He said, no, nah, I don't like this. He left and, and I'm still here. Um, there are no accidents in this lifetime. Everything that happens to you happens for a reason. And you may not be able to see the reason now, but this is why they say hindsight's 2020, right? You can look in the rearview mirror and you can see how everything in your life is connected to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and brought you to where you are today. And believe it or not, you are always right where you are supposed to be at any given moment. There are no accidents. Don't have regrets because your regrets wouldn't have changed anything. That is so hard for a lot of people to understand that concept because they think, oh, I'm the victim and this is what happened to me and, and I had no say in the matter and yada, yada, yada and all that. And it, it turns out that that's just not the case, right? Well, you know, we really don't have a lot of control over our life, okay? And the reason we have alarm clocks and we set routines so that we can have, we can feel like we have some control over a world that we don't have control in. Okay. And the only thing that you really have a choice in, because the universe wants you to believe that you have free will and a choice, your only choice that you have is to delay the lessons that you're here to learn. And let me give you a great example of that. You know, you, you're in front of like a game show because right now, really, you're all playing a part. This is like a movie. Okay. Right. Universe offers you door one, two, and three. You take door one. You go through it. You get married. You have a couple of kids. You get divorced. You're in front of door one, two, and three again. Most people are going to take door one again because they didn't learn the lesson the first time. They're going to go through it. They're going to get married. They're going to have a couple of kids. And guess what? They're going to get divorced again. Now they're in front of door one, two, three. If they say, wait a minute, I learned that lesson. I learned self-worth or I learned communication and trust. I'm not going through door one again. I'm taking door two or door three. And they take that door. Now they go through it. They may still get married and have children again, but it's not going to end the way the other ones did because they learned that lesson. And it's important to learn that lesson earlier rather than later, I think. 
It is. And, you know, they're not easy lessons. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, yeah, they're the easiest thing in the world. I created a program a few years ago to help people that were struggling in relationships um, called the Relationship Mastery Program. And this is where I learned that they were all learning these same lessons. And they were able to learn all the lessons through the program. And it changes everything in your life. It gets you in touch with, with your soul. It teaches you how energy works. And it, it elevates everything. So you can really look at your life from a higher perspective. And you can understand why things are happening so that you're not reactive. You're making decisions properly from your soul, not your head. How do you know you're talking to your soul and not your head? So if I say I think that's coming from my head, that's not my soul. Your soul is the knowing. And everyone has had some instance in their life where they just knew there was something that they had to do. They didn't question it and they just did it and it worked out fine. That's your soul. You, you know, you, everybody's got a brain here for the most part, but your brain has, <laughs> your brain <laughs> That's has. a whole other conversation. Exactly. But your brain is a computer. That's all it is. It's a computer to help you process your information. But your brain has a specific job. Your brain's job is to protect you. How does it do that? It does it by creating fear. So people make their decisions based on fear. And when you do that, it is literally a crapshoot. It's a 50-50 shot as to whether or not it's going to work out okay, but you're always questioning yourself. If you're questioning yourself, you did not make that decision from your soul. You made that decision from your head. And do you find in your work and when working with people that when they make that decision, I, I kind of equate it to, um, I made a, I had a, a conscious thought and that conscious thought was, why am I really here? And what am I here to do? And when I had that thought, everything changed. All of a sudden these doors opened up of things that I was wanting to do. And it was like, it was like, it was all laid out for me. Um, because I asked the question, is it kind of like, I view it like my guides. I was asking my guides, okay, why am I really here? You guys. And exactly. When you get in touch with your soul, your soul is pure energy. Okay. And your soul is way too big for this body. So some of it's inside the body. Some of it is around your head, which is the aura that people see. And the majority of your soul is actually in the lowest level of heaven, which is the fifth dimension. And that orchestrates all the timing of all the events that happen in your life. But understand that the angels are in heaven. All your guides are in heaven. They're all on the other side. So when you actually get in touch with your soul and you start asking those questions, then you can actually start working with the universe because they're all over there to help you. Everyone over there wants to see you succeed. And nothing in life is ever happening to you. You're not the victim. Everything that happens in your life is happening for you, for your highest and best. And if you cannot make the decision for yourself, then the universe will step in to keep you on your journey. It is amazing. I don't know how they do this. Of course, they're on the other side and they can do a lot of stuff that, that we don't understand how they get it done. But there are times when I can turn on the, the radio and the particular song that I was thinking about that was talking about what was on my mind will just play. And I don't know how they. Okay. <laughs> because thoughts are things where your thoughts go, your energy flows. And this is how the law of attraction works. Have you ever, everybody's 
thought of somebody, right? You think about somebody and all of a sudden they either call you or they show up. Yeah. Thoughts are things. That's the law of attraction. And a lot of times they're giving you messages from the other side. So you're thinking about a song and it comes on. It could be a message from the other side, depending on what the song is or what the song has meaning for, for you. So they're always trying to give you, just like you can look at the breadcrumbs behind you and see how everything brought you to where you are. Angels are real. Okay. They are entirely exist just to help us. They were never human, but you have to ask. That's their rule. If you don't ask, they can't help but they're always leaving you breadcrumbs and giving you messages to try to take you where you're supposed to go. It can be a very empowering moment in time when you make that shift from this is what I think I should do <laughs> to allowing, allowing for it to happen for you. It's amazing. Um, when you learn how the universe works and you get into that flow, that energy flow, and you go with it, they just start bringing you things that are absolutely incredible. If you've got to force it, it's not your door. Yeah, exactly. So let's let's talk a little bit about June. How did you get so <laughs> smart and where did you come from? You, <laughs> what planet? <laughs> yeah, at what point in time did you have that? that thought, why am I really here? Why do I have these gifts and how can I best utilize them? So it's a process like everything. And I was born with a ton of ability as a child. It scared the death out of me. I blocked it for the majority of my life. I died when I was 27. I came back here by choice. And at that point, there's no denying it happened. <laughs> and it was very, it was, it was just such an immense um, moment that happened. It's like, I couldn't even process it. It took me a long time to process it. It really did. I couldn't even talk about it for years without choking up and crying because the feelings are just incredible that it just brings back. And it, it's only been about 10 years to be quite honest with you that my, I allowed my abilities to open up. I started to meditate and it was like, they kicked the door in. And I was the, the last person that thought they could meditate. I was running five businesses at the time, going through a divorce. And I'm like, there's no way I can meditate. I cannot shut my brain off enough to do that. But what people don't realize, it's like a two-way mirror. They can see you. They can hear you. Some of them have enough energy to even touch you. But it's like they're banging on the glass of the two-way mirror saying, I'm here. I'm here. Listen to me. <laughs> And, you know, when my abilities opened up again, it was just insane. I didn't know how to turn it off. And at the time, I was working in one of my businesses as a medical esthetician. And people were coming into my room to have services. And I'm putting my hand on them. And I know everything there is to know about them. The first one that came in, you know, I, I started doing a facial. I'm like, um, did your aunt just die? And she's like, yeah, why? I'm like, I don't know. She goes, how do you know that? I'm like, I have no idea how I know that. I'm like, did you clean our house out last weekend? She goes, yeah, we, we did. I'm like, oh, I'm like, um, did you find one of those sock puppets that looks like a monkey from the 1950s? How random is that? Right. She's like, yeah, yeah we found one in the attic. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> well, and that, that had to be reassuring at the same time. Scary reassuring nothing. I'm like, am I going crazy? What the heck is going on here? And the next one that comes in, it's like, um, 
you have five Christmas trees? She's like, how do you know that? I'm like, I don't know. Something weird's happening to me here. So kind of go with it. I'm like, you got a little girl that's around four or five. You bought her like the big Barbie house. for Christmas. Yeah, I did. Have you been to my house? I'm like, no, I swear <laughs> I haven't been to your house. I'm like, I can describe your house, though. I know exactly what it looks like, which I did. And I'm like, and you got your husband this for Christmas. You've been in my, I'm like, I swear. Now I'm like, is she playing along with me? And I'm like, this is just crazy. And it continued, continued one after the next. And then by the fourth one, the woman walks in the room and I've got a full-fledged dressed soldier following her in. I'm like, oh my God, what's going on here? So I'm like, and he just comes and stands next to me. So I'm like, um, are you a widow? And she goes, yeah, my husband passed away a few months ago in the service. I'm like, oh, he was in the military? She goes, yeah. I'm like, oh, um, he had a message for you. Would you want to hear it? She goes, absolutely not. I'm like, okay. So now I'm trying to tell this guy telepathically. I'm like, listen, I'm sorry, but she doesn't want to know you're even here. I'm like, please just, you know. <laughs> And I was going nuts and I was trying to find people to help me turn it off because I didn't know how I would go home. And, and the next morning I wake up and there's 30 people around my bed because they know I can see them and they want help. And I'm like, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> but, you know, it's the old adage. When the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And the universe made sure that, you know, I had two wonderful teachers um, to bring me and learn how to control it enough so that the rest of my education came from the other side. Well, it's, it's funny that that reminds me of that scene. Uh, I forget the name of the movie, but Whoopi Goldberg. Um, when when ghost. she was ghost. <laughs> ghost right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so suddenly there were tons of people around because they figured out that she could do it. Yeah. And well, you know, the energy attracts, you know, the energy like that attracts. Yeah. And it's why when you, you know, there's a lot of haunted houses. And when you go to a haunted house, there's lots of ghosts because they all kind of gather together. They attract each other. Now, um, why the same thing, think... Oh, go ahead. When, when I, when I'm doing mediumship and I'm bringing, you know, some say you want to come talk to your mother and you're coming to sit next to me. So everyone on the other side that knows you in any way, shape or form, or knows everyone you know and is hoping maybe I'm going to slip up and they're going to sneak in and get a message to somebody that you know. <laughs> okay. There's thousands of them crowding around wanting to come through. Every so you I have to play mini detective too. To I don't. Um, I don't. I um, So there's a hierarchy on the other side. There's hierarchy everywhere. Everybody's got a job to do the same as they do here. And everyone has a gatekeeper. So if you choose to, everyone has mediumship and psychic abilities if you choose to develop them. And everyone has a gatekeeper. And the gatekeeper is the person that, number one, keeps them at bay because you are always in charge. So if I'm not working, they are not allowed to come through to me unless it's an emergency. And that's only happened twice so far. There have been two emergencies that they were allowed to come through. And he also makes sure that he lines up the people that are supposed to be coming through to me as I'm asking for them. People don't come through randomly. So if you're sitting in front of me and you want to talk to your mom, I have you call her. And that's usually who shows up first. But sometimes they play games and they might send somebody else first to introduce them or something else. For the most part, that's who comes through. But Bobby Kennedy's not going to come through because you're sitting there. He's got no connection to you as far as I know and has nothing. You know what I mean? It, they're not random yeah. people. Anybody that comes through 
has some connection to you and is there for you. You know, what's interesting about that, June, is that um, there are people that say, oh, it's a bunch of hogwash and it's fake and it's it's not real. What you just said is the same exact thing that my friend Kim Miller said 20 years ago when I asked her the same question. And she said, I have a gatekeeper. His name is Samuel. It's like he is uh, at the, uh, you know, they used for those among you that are a little younger, there used to be something called a phone booth. And that, <laughs> that would you go into the phone booth and, and you put your, your diamond or your quarter in and, and you can talk to people. She said to me that Samuel is the keeper of the phone booth. You can't get into <laughs> the phone booth to talk to me unless he approves it. Exactly. Um, exactly. And, and so from that standpoint, you know, and she knew, and so it's, it, it's real. It's, it's like, um, it's like being a journalist. You have to have multiple sources. I have multiple sources that they all tell me the same thing. So what exactly. is, yeah. what you're doing and you know is, what, I, I'm not here to try to convince anybody of anything, to be honest with you. Don't need if, to. if whoever is listening to me and needs to hear something that I have to say, then you're not here by accident. You're here for a reason, number one. And secondly, you know, our belief systems are based on what people have drilled into our head or what we've experienced. And growing up, I didn't think any of it was real, to be honest. I, I believed in a higher power, but I was exposed to lots of different religions. And they're all right and they're all wrong and they all serve a purpose. When you get to the other side, you'll know there is only one. That's all there is, is one. There is one. Doesn't matter what you want to call it. There's one source energy, one God, one whatever. And, you know, it's funny because I met my first atheist probably about eight years ago. And it's a guy I've known for many, many years. He was so instrumental and helpful for me from, in one of my first businesses to help me succeed. And no idea he was an atheist. And when my abilities opened up and I tell him what I did and I tell him about, you know, my, my passing away at 27, that's when he told me, that he's an atheist. He doesn't believe in God. He thinks we're all like ants. And when we die, that's the end of it. And I'm like, Oh my God, I can wrap my head around that. Right. Right. So I um, asked him, you know, probably about a year ago when I saw him, if he's still an atheist and he's getting a little older and things have changed. He goes, no, I'm not so much anymore. He goes, I've had some things happen. So things that happen in your life, change your belief system. And I've never seen an atheist on their deathbed. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> You, you, end up, you end up having, I had a friend that uh, we used to go out to breakfast every now and again, and he didn't seem to be a religious man, but he would always pray when we were, when we were going to have breakfast. And, and I, and I said, well, you don't seem to be a religious guy. Why are you praying? And he said, look, man, I'm just not taking any chances. Smart man. Smart man. It doesn't hurt you to, to, to just, you know, take, you know, hope for the best. Right. Exactly. And, you know, so it's really interesting. So. Um, you know, every culture has their own thing and stuff like that. And it's really big. And, you know, if, if that's what's been drilled into you until you find differently, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, I, and you know, go ahead. I, I, I really, I, I know I, my, my first boyfriend was Portuguese and, you know, mother had the Mary in the bathtub in the front yard and the little Mary statue in the car and all praying the novenas on the road. I used to think it was, well, let me tell you something. 
The first time Mother Mary came through to me with Archangel Raphael, I'm like, you know, they're real. They're absolutely real. And I've had, I have uh, thyroid issues, so I've had biopsies many, many times. They do them without anesthesia. They do them without anything. I just call on Archangel Raphael and Mother Mary because they work together to take away any pain, and I don't feel a thing. Well, that's amazing. They're real. They're real. And and the nice thing is, is that you have the uh, proof in your own life. And, you know, quite frankly, it doesn't matter. And this is where I've come to, to, it doesn't matter what anybody believes because you're going to find out what's going to happen when you get there. Well, and before that, if they start paying attention to their own life, miracles happen all day long. Yeah. And I have friends that, you know, I've, I've awakened them to the reality of how the universe works and how angels work. And angels talk in binary code and numbers. Same thing, though. They're always here to help you, and they're always doing things to help you. And if you don't know, you don't pay attention, right? But they pay attention, and the things they come back and tell me that have happened, it's just incredible. It's just amazing. And they have, I have, um, you know, some clients and some friends that also have full-blown major connections with their loved ones on the other side that have passed. I have one guy, his fiance learned how to work his cell phone and she leaves him the most beautiful messages on his cell phone. I swear to God, I didn't believe it at first. I'm like, somebody's messing with you. Somebody's sending this stuff, right? We pulled it apart up, down and sideways. There's no way you cannot track where it's coming from. They can't track it. It's just crazy. And then other, other clients, I have them work out a light situation, like a nightlight or one of these touch lights. So that they can ask the person on the other side, yes and no questions and blink the light once a yes, twice for no. And they do it all the time. Isn't that, isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? Yeah, it's, it's great. It's wonderful. They're there. They're always there. <laughs> they, they are. And, and in fact, I have um, now both my parents are passed. My, my, my dad passed, I think, 16 years ago now. My mom passed two years ago. Uh, she was a fundamentalist Christian. And the first thing that I'm told that she said when she got there is, why are there so many people here? And, <laughs> and, and the other thing, she looked at my dad and said, why are you here? <laughs> so, but, but, but because my dad did, did well financially in life uh, and he left me um, a little bit of money. And uh, I've decided that I'm using that to do these shows so that I can bring people like you on. And he um, tells me, or I think he's told me, that he's extremely proud of, of the work that I'm doing and that I'm helping build his legacy with his money rather than just giving the kids uh, the money so that they can buy a new car. I'm sure, because they always want to be remembered. That's big with them. They don't want to be forgotten. They, they're big on legacy. And, you know, a couple of times, you know, when I bring somebody through for somebody, just say you want to talk to your mom, okay? You have questions. You're so excited you want to talk to her. But they don't care. They want to talk to you 100 times more than you want to talk to them, okay? Because they've been trying to talk to you for so long and you don't see them or hear them and I'm a facilitator. And, you know, although you may have important questions, what's important to you is not necessarily important to them. And more often than not, they're coming through with stuff like, how come nobody's doing the cookbook? How come nobody's got my recipes? The grandkids don't have my recipes. How come you didn't finish the scrapbook? I mean, it's just unbelievable how much they want that legacy 
brought down so that no one's forgotten. It's crazy. Yeah, because over time, you know, even if you talk to you're you're not as old as me, but you're 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 a little older, and so you remember people that were famous. Uh, like Bob Hope and Bing Crosby and and those guys, Red Skelton and those guys. Kids today have no idea who they are, and so they even listening to Bing Crosby. <laughs> oh, there you go. And even so, even famous people, their legacy kind of disappears over time uh, in day to day living. But but it's important. To, I believe like that it's really important to keep our the legacies of the people alive that we had um, in our lives and. Yeah. I know that my what, dad, go ahead. What I found is that, you know, they reincarnate about every 350 to 400 years of our time, but they wait until all the generations that would have remembered them are gone before they come back. There's exceptions to everything, but for the most part, that's what they do. They'll wait till the great, 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 great grandkids are gone and no one is thinking about them or remembering anymore before they'll come back and reincarnate again. Now you had what would be called a NDE, correct? A near death experience. What, that's what they call it. Do you know why they call it that? Be, because you're come back. You're not dead. You're <laughs> almost near dead. No, no. I, I was dead. No. And I all and I and that's how I looked at it is I died. And I only recently, um, within the last year or so, learned what an NDE was and they the scientists are the ones that call it an nde because they can't quantify it when they're right. able to quantify it they won't call it that any longer but yeah i died i died when i was 27 i went to the other side and uh yeah they, i can't deny it's real i've been there and now i have the ability to go back and forth quite often and so if you think about it um quantum physics comes into play here because the speed of light's about 300 million miles an hour and our soul is pure energy. And when your soul goes into that light and travels at that speed, that high frequency, okay? And then it came back into my body, my, the frequency of my body, my energy level, it's, it's my frequency level is already much higher than most people. So that's what I attribute my uh, ease of connecting to the other side and being able to go back and forth to the fifth dimension at will so easily and quickly. I got to ask you, because when I, years ago, the same guy who introduced me to the radio and we were going through the spiritual thing and I wanted to understand spirit guides and, and where we were and so forth. And he said, well, I want you to go to a metaphysical bookstore and buy the first, and I recommend any, everybody do this, go to a metaphysical bookstore and buy the first book that speaks to you. And if you don't know what that means, you will, because that's what's going to happen is they're going to speak to you. And the book that I chose was new at the time, and it was Journey of Souls by Dr. Michael Newton. I don't know if you know who that is. But I have not he, read it. He talks about going to the other side and that, that uh, uh, our life between lives, that we have a soul family, that we have uh, soul guides that, that work with us. Uh, we have places to go to review our life to see what we did wrong, to set up what we're going to do next time, to do this whole thing that's revolving around our existence here on the planet so that we can have this experience because you don't get to have it the same way over there. Well, it's different. So when you're, when you're on the other side, okay, without a body, you are the same person as you are here, first of all. Okay, Your Thank soul you. doesn't change. You don't miraculously become someone different because you've gone to heaven. 
You don't suddenly become glorious or whatever. If you're an idiot here, you're an idiot over there. Okay. <laughs> that's a oh, fact. that's comforting. <laughs> that's a fact. And so I've only had the ability and the invite to go to the fifth dimension, the lowest level of heaven. Okay. They've explained it to me like a layer cake. There are different levels of heaven based on how advanced your soul is and your belief system. So when you pass to the other side permanently, you go to that level. Now we do have soul groups. Every archangel has a soul group and we reincarnate every lifetime with the same soul group. And yes, there are hundreds of millions of people in each soul group. And remember when you don't have a body, you're traveling the speed of light, 300 million miles a second. When I first started doing this and I was afraid to ask Archangel Michael for protection because I'm like, who am I? I'm not worthy. I'm not going to pull you away from something that could be more important. And I was literally, he literally told me, I move, I move very quickly. I can be everywhere at once. You are, you are just as important as everything else. Ask. Okay. <laughs> I ask. Um but yes, so now when you get to the other side and you decide you want to come back, you, you know, when you're on the other side, you can do whatever you want, but you're living vicariously kind of through us because you don't have the body. So if they want to go fishing because they love to go fishing, they might very well be out in a fishing boat in the middle of the ocean that you're on. And they're just kind of going through the motions and they're right next to you trying to help you pull that big tuner in, right? Because they love to go fishing. If they want to go shopping, they're milling around Lord and Taylor, um, you know? just looking to see what they would have liked to pick out. If they want to travel, they're just going to go travel from place to place. They don't need to take the plane. They can get there themselves. Ghosts that are stuck here, however, they have not gone into the light. Those are lower vibrational entities. They can only move at the same speed as you or I. So those people will hitch a ride in your car if you stopped at a red light or a stop sign because they need to get to the next place and you're the transportation. So I always recommend everyone have some religious symbol in their car so they're not likely to get in, wear something around your neck so that you're less likely to be attacked by, you know, some demonic entity that's looking for your body. Exactly. Yep. I have a Kundalini, my medical yeah. alert. So what yep. do you, why do, why does that happen to people who pass? Because they don't believe that they've passed or. Why do they, they stay here and get stuck? Yeah. Why do they get a lot stuck? of di lot of different reasons. So um, I've done house clearings and I found basements and attics full of immigrants that were afraid to go into the light, literally afraid. So they all kind of huddled together because energy attracts, right? Kind like attract. We're right. magnets. We're always attracting or repelling at any time. That's what energy does. And um so when I was doing a house clearing that had a demon in it at one time, and the demon was actually keeping them there, feeding off their fear and their energy. And I moved them all into the light. Other people have done rotten things in this lifetime. So they're afraid to go into the light because they're afraid to be judged. Um, I've had drug addicts and alcoholics that have died and they're stuck in the rooms and in the houses and don't want to go into the light because they're afraid that they let, their family down and their family might be there. And I have to explain to them that their family loves them. And then I'm able to call their family, literally whoever's passed and move them into the light. Um, sometimes they're just lost. I had a, a little girl that was probably about eight or nine years old who died in the 1800s of either typhoid or yellow fever. 
And she, um, family lived on a farm at the time. And since then it's been developed and she was haunting a dozen houses, going from house to house, calling all the, all the women in the house, calling the mommy, looking for her mommy. And I was able to move her into the light with her mom. So there's lots of different reasons. Now, when you move them into the light, do they are? They, I assume that the light accepts them readily. It's energy. Is that correct? It's just energy. Yeah. It's just energy. They go into it and they boom, they're gone. But they can come back right away too. So I, I did a missing person case a few years ago, and I thought he was still alive because the energy is the same, and he did not want us to know he was dead. So psychically, he's telling me all these places that he's going and he was there. His soul was hitchhiking, you know, on in cars and trucks. And he was taking us to all the places that he used to work at when he was alive. And we were looking for him and looking for him. And he wasn't alive. He had passed, but he did not go into the light. So I'm picking up on the low vibration energy like he's human. And after we found the body and we knew he was dead, I had the family over and we called him and he showed up and he hadn't gone into the light because he didn't want, he didn't want to leave his family. So I got him to go into the light and he immediately came right back. And he, he was happier then, wasn't he? Um, he was. And he also wanted to tell, you know, he actually hadn't married his wife. They'd been together for like 20 years and they never actually had a ceremony or anything. And he wanted to tell her that he'd always wanted to buy her a ring. Oh, yeah, I had I had no idea. I thought they were married. I had no idea. But this was what he wanted to tell her when he came back. Yeah. And by the way, uh, Virgil from Virgil, Virgil Kane. That's a song that I used to know um, from Manchester, England is, is joining us. So so thank you, Virgil, for being here. And we are talking with June Edwards. She is an amazing psychic medium um she works with people to, to help you get through the the bumps be, in life <laughs> thank, you, thank you you know i was going to tell you the story of of uh i call it pumpkin pie and tell me if this is true uh, in from your perspective and that is i there are three souls in heaven and they're standing there and they're talking about the reminiscing about their time on earth and and the two of them are saying yes my favorite favorite thing is to go to thanksgiving and the and once what's your favorite part of thanksgiving oh it's the pumpkin pie and the third uh, soul said, well, I've never had pumpkin pie. I have no idea. I've never had Thanksgiving. And, and so they tried to describe to him what pumpkin pie was. And, it's, you know, it's got this, and it's got the flakiness, and it's got the stem, and it's got the – and they couldn't really describe it for him so that he could – he understood it conceptually, but he couldn't taste it. And, and so he says, well – Gosh, next time I go down, I'm going to have to make sure that I land in a place that's got Thanksgiving and then I can have pumpkin pie. So he does that. He, and then he lives his life and he dies and comes back. And the three of them are having the same conversation. And he says, I see what you are saying now. I love my pumpkin pie. Is that real? Is it real? Um, I mean, probably. Is that, I mean, is we, that possible? Do people um, do that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't see why not. You know, we only have, you know, we have lots of different experiences and we come back, you know, we reincarnate as men, women, Chinese, Japanese, black, brown. 
we come back, our soul comes back in anything based on the experiences that we want to have this journey. Okay. So this is why maybe you live in, maybe you live in California, right? Or Seattle, maybe you live out there and you have this affinity for the Japanese. You just, you love Japanese food. You love the language. You collect kimonos. Good possibility you were Japanese in a past life. And it's, you can find these things out by reading someone's Akashic records. So the Akashic records are someone's book of life. And every religion talks about the book of life. Okay. When you're born, your name goes in, right? So I got there by accident once when I was originally training and they had done a deep meditation and I got into this place and it was beautiful. It was, you know, it was like it was when I went to heaven and it was the same feeling and it was all bright and white. And I'm like, oh, my God, where am I? And they're like, you're in the hall of knowledge. And I'm like, I'm all about learning. So tell me more. So they walked me over to what looked like a tunnel that went down, but circular. And it was all full of books. I'm like, How do you get the books? So they one floated up and he handed it to me. And I went over to a side room. And when I set the book down on the table and opened it, it was a 3D movie again, just like my life when I saw my life review. And it's like being in the front row when I'm at theater. And I was able to review things in my past lives. And I was just amazed. And then I found out that from other people, because I had no idea, they're like, oh, that's the Akashic Record Room. If you get there by accident, you're supposed to be a reader. So then I had to research it some more. And learn how to get back there. And I can get back there instantaneously, very, very quickly. I can't read someone else's book of life unless I have permission. You cannot read someone under the age of 18. That's their rule, not mine. They don't want you. Like I said, there's rules on the other side, too. They don't want you changing someone's life. Um, So the next time I was training for it, I went to the Akashic Record Room. And I wanted to know how I had died. Because I knew in a past life I had drowned. In this lifetime, I loved swimming, loved going underwater, loved diving. And when I hit 12 years old, something happened and I panicked and I couldn't go in the water anymore. No idea what happened. No idea why. And so I wanted to know because I really felt I had a knowing that I had drowned in a past lifetime. And I also love mushrooms. And my ex-husband used to go mushrooming and I refused. I was afraid I'd get poisonous mushrooms. So when I'm looking, when I was going into my Akashic records, I discovered that I had been an herbalist in Europe back around the 1500s, 14, 1500s. And I lived on the outskirts of a village. And when someone was sick, they would come to me to make a potion. And I had made a potion of poison mushrooms and I had killed a 12 year old girl. And my punishment for that was they tied rocks to my body and they threw me off a cliff and I drowned in the river. So I re-experienced that and one gulp of water and my soul left and I'm like, wow, this isn't bad at all. Now I'm not afraid of the water anymore. So we broke for lunch and I came back and everybody's like, what'd you do for lunch? I'm like, oh, I went shopping. What'd you get? Three bathing suits. If anybody knows how difficult it is for a woman to get a bathing suit, I bought three without trying them on. One I took off the model, literally, and every one of them fit like a glove. <laughs> oh, oh that, that's really cool. By, by the way, Virgil says, um, just thank you very much for 
Um, you, oh, she and he wants to know if you're related to John Edward, and we discussed that in the beginning. And yeah, I, I am like, not. But Merry Christmas, and then he then he said why he was giggling. Uh, was that he said, I won't tell you what pumpkin pie means in Manchester, England. So I, I don't think I want to we'll know. look that up later. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And uh, but it's, interest- yeah, it's interesting, the timing in life, though, because, you know, there was a 12 year old girl that I that I killed by accident. Right. When did it hit me in my lifetime here when I was 12? 12. Yeah, there's correlation from lifetime yeah. to lifetime. It's it really is amazing that and I have a firm belief because I grew up loving um, Custer and the Battle of Little Bighorn, so I'm firmly convinced that I was there um, and at that battle um, because it I, it just strikes me as it was so real uh, yeah. whenever I whenever I think about it. So very good that, possibility, yeah, yeah. That happens to us all the time. And it's, it's, it's fun. And, and now even in your dreams, they can be from a past life, can't they? So can they? dream dreams are interesting because if you're not in touch with your soul so that they can give you information when you're awake, okay, then they only can get in touch with you when you're asleep because we are li- literally avatars. When that movie came out, I was thrilled to death because this is what we're really like. Your soul hops into this body in the morning and plays the role here all day. Okay. When you go to sleep at night, more of your soul leaves your body. We're in 3D here. 5D is the lowest level of heaven. And 4D is that dream state, that marshmallow in between. And when you go to bed at night, your vibration actually rises. And more of your soul leaves your body. And they will lower their vibration. And they'll meet you in that little sandwich space. So you'll know it's a visit and not a dream if it feels like it's real. And you wake up right away and remember it. That's a visit. That is not that is not a dream. They're trying to give you information, give you a message. It's important to them. Um, my brother passed away three years ago. And he had stage four lung cancer. And my sister called me the day he passed. It was expected. We knew it. And she called me at 815 and said, he's passed. And um, we talked for a little bit. And then I fell back asleep. And I had a vision of, I was in a, I was in a room, it was a large room and there were a bunch of people there and they were all beautiful people. They were all in the, in the prime of life. And, um, my brother used to have long auburn hair, uh, before he had, uh, um, chemotherapy and it went away. And I saw this individual cross in front of me, um, with two people on each arm and I saw the back of his head and he had the, the same color, long auburn hair. And I and then he sat down and he was there and there were, and it was a party and there were people that were there that, and everybody, he was the star of the party and I've been waiting for him. They're happy to see him. Yeah. I got, to, I, that's what I got was the impression that he's home now. Isn't that great? He gave you a look. Yes. He gave he you a look. Isn't that wonderful? It, yeah. it really is because because yeah. it taught me, it showed me that, and I have this belief anyway, but it just showed me that it's real. That's it it, real. It's, yeah. You know, it's like the, the time that my dad was uh, um, in, in the, the emergency or was in ICU and he'd had a stroke and he couldn't, his arm was, he couldn't raise his hand, but he could raise his arm. And he couldn't speak anymore. 
and uh, um, he pointed up at the at the ceiling and started talking gibberish because he couldn't speak. Um, but he is his. There was a light in his eyes, and there was a, an understanding in his eyes of this was. And I'm convinced that it was his uh, um, his mom and his other folks and stuff like that that uh, were there. And uh, it it really is comforting when you when you look at those things and you see them. It really is comforting, don't you think? Yeah. So my parents both died a few years ago at the age of 93 they died at the same age the same day december 21st one year apart okay you can't make this oh, stuff wow. up no you can't now my dad had been sick for quite a few years he had prostate cancer and then bladder cancer and of course you know what i did was just fooey i'm just a nutbag you know i'm just crazy so i went in to see him one day i'd go see him almost every day i went in to see him one day he goes i have to ask you a question i said what he goes i want to know about what you do. I said, really? He goes, yeah. He goes, um, I've been waking up for the past couple of weeks and I see my mom standing by the side of the bed. And then after I've been awake for a couple of minutes, she disappears. He goes, but it's every day. I said, oh, that's great, dad. I said, since she's been standing next to you for almost a year. <laughs> he goes, well, why does she disappear? I said, because you're still more in your soul when you're sleeping and then you wake up and you start to get more into your head and you refuse to believe it. So then you don't see her any longer, but she's still there. I said, she's been there. I said, you know, she'll be taking you when you, you know, when you're ready, she'll be there to help you go, go to the other side. That's what they do. So my mom, one year later, um, it was very quick, had no idea that she had cancer at all. She had stage four um, hole in her lung took her to a doctor's appointment and straight from there to the emergency room. And um, even then they just thought it was a collapsed lung and thought she'd be fine until the next morning. And I watched her soul leave her body. It was just, she knew I wanted to see that I'd had a show the night before and I didn't want to leave her side, but it was, I was hired for this event. I couldn't just not show up. They'd sold hundreds of tickets. I'm like, mom, I have to go to this event. I said, I will be back as soon as it's over. I promise. Wait for me. You know, I want to see your soul leave. And I got in my car to go and I panicked for a second because I felt her take my hand in my car. And then I just heard, it's okay. I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> I did the show. I went back. I stayed with her through the night. I watched her soul leave her body. Um, she immediately, and as much as it's crazy, I immediately saw her go to my father and my two sisters on the other side. I'm like, oh my God, you got to be kidding. And mind you, my, we found out when my mom was in the nursing home at 92 that she'd been adopted. And now she's got her real father, her adopted father. Her real father was her uncle. Back then, family adopted you because they didn't want a scandal type thing and keep you, keep you in the family. So her father was, her uncle was really her father. Her mother was really her aunt. And her real mother was the butcher's daughter who wanted nothing to do with her and who would hide when she saw her. Okay. This is you know, 90 years ago, a hundred years ago now. And um, they were all arguing over who is going to bring her to the other side all night long. I'm hearing these people arguing over who's going to bring her to the other side. And when it was finally time to go, they all came through to bring her with Archangel Makael 
and brought her to the other side. And she immediately went to my father and my two sisters. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, oh my God, you're going to see him on the other side. And he thanked her. I saw him thank her for having lived this life with him so that he could learn what it was he needed to learn. And I'm just sitting there going. And then I went home. I had to go home and feed my dogs. I went home. And I'm saying to myself, I was so tired. I've been up for two days now. And I brought her things and I just brought them downstairs and I put them on top of my washing machine. I went upstairs to go to bed and I'm lying in bed and I'm saying, oh, my God, did I take her crocheted scarf? I don't want to leave that behind in the hospital. I know she had it tucked under her pillow. Right. I'm like, oh, God, I hope I brought this home because they'll take it away and throw it away. Oh, sure. Sure. And I come down the stairs after taking a nap for about an hour. And there it is in the middle of the kitchen floor. <laughs> then I go into the living room and I, I, I knew she was there. I smelled her before I saw her. You bet. And then my, my kids, of course, you know, I have one child who's uh, he's military and he's pretty high up there. And he's like, yeah, you know, I don't believe anything you do, mom. Yeah, you know. So he calls, he calls me up. He goes, you first thing out of my, you know, I don't believe anything you do. Right. I'm like, yeah, your point. He goes, Grandma came to see me last night. I'm like, I guarantee she did. You were her favorite. He goes, yep. Woke up at one o'clock in the morning, sat bolt upright in bed, and she's standing right there at the foot of the bed. I'm like, yeah, my son, yeah. the atheist, had the same experience with 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 his grandfather. He's no longer an atheist. He doesn't have any idea what's happened. Anyway, June, I have to I have to go, and I want to honor your time. Um, I want to thank you for being here. Go to JuneEdward.com, look her up, give her a call. Uh, she can do, and she's an amazing woman. And you're going to be back on the show next week at four o'clock uh, on the same channel, YouTube. So uh, I want to thank you for being here. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we go? Thank you so much. Enjoy the holiday season. Be kind. It costs nothing. Be kind. That's, you know, that's what I say at the, sh at the end of every show, and I'm going to end it with this show because I always say um, be kind to one another because each other's all we've got. Um, so I will play that and, and wait right there, and I'll be right back. Hey, okay. thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end. Please give us a like and subscribe to this channel. This has been a production of PositiveTalkRadio.net. Please visit our website, oddly named PositiveTalkRadio.net, for more details about us and our mission, which is to provide great positive programming designed to inspire us all. I'm Kevin McDonald, and I'm proud of these shows, and I truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family. So on behalf of our entire team, remember, be kind to one another because each other's all we got.